TV, anime, video games, books, Star Trek, Marvel, My Hero, Hook. It don't matter what you into, don't matter what you do, here on Nerd Shit, we got something for you. Welcome back to Hypothetically Sound Presents Nerd Shit, where we talk about nerd shit. And we are back with another Walking Dead recap. We are on Season 2, Episode 3, Call Save the Last One. Uh, so last time I did this, you guys complained that I didn't do the, the recap, recap right away. Do you want me to do the recap right away? Why would we? We got to stay consistent. Don't, don't, you know, frick with the order of things, because then it messes me all up. Whoa, a frick? This is a yes. family-friendly show. Uh, That's why I said... The fricks. <laughs> oh, I didn't say I said flick. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> doing good. I'm around, it, man. It's too hot. It is too hot. Well, a year from now, it'll be hotter, so just keep that in mind. Maybe. Yeah. Well, anyways, as always... Uh, gonna give you guys a quick recap of the episode, and then we'll get right into talking about episode three. Uh, so the episode starts with Shane and Otis missing for hours at this point. Herschel Green informs Rick and his wife Lori that he must perform the surgery on their son Carl without the necessary equipment. Uh, meanwhile, Andrea and Darrow go out in search of Sophia following uh, Carol weeping for her loss. Darrow tells Andrea about his childhood and expresses hope that they will successfully locate Sophia. They stumble upon an abandoned campsite where a person has committed suicide by hanging themselves from a tree and has now become an undead walker. Darrow insists that they leave the walker alone, but Andrea firmly refuses. He asks her if she wants to continue living, to which she replies with uncertainty. Darrow uh, kills the walker as they leave. Upon returning to camp, Dale attempts to reconcile with Andrea by returning her handgun. Meanwhile, Glenn and T-Dog journey to the green home. Uh, there, Glenn begins to pray for the well-being of his fellow survivors, while T-Dog receives medical treatment for blood poisoning. Meanwhile, Carl goes in and out of consciousness and briefly recalls his encounter with the deer before going into a seizure. A distraught Lori begs Rick to end Carl's suffering, but Rick insists on keeping him alive. At the high school, Shane and Otis split up after struggling against a horde of walkers. Both injured their legs while escaping, slowly slowing their progress down. Shane and Otis seemingly are out of options for survival. They begin to limp back to the truck, eventually running low on ammo. Rick and Lori decide to do the operation without the necessary equipment, as they prepare for the operation, Shane arrives with the medical supplies, but without Otis. He claims that Otis sacrificed himself in order to save Carl. The episode flashes back to show Shane sacrificing Otis by shooting him in the leg and leaving him as bait for the walkers while he escapes with the medicine. The episode ends with the, in the present with Shane shaving his head, wiping out evidence of a bald spot of torn hair caused by Otis during their brief scuffle. Wow, that was impressive. Yeah, um, good writing, man. It was. That was great. Um, 
it, it fits the um, cinematics of this episode because the first scene is is Shane shaving his head and then staring in the mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know and and me watching it the first time was like this is where everything clicks. And Shane's about to go batshit crazy. Just, you know, because there was something that happened. Mm-hmm. And then you don't see what really happens till the end. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so I was right. It clicked and now he's batshit crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to correct. Uh, it's a really good episode kind of showing the negative effects Rick had on Shane. And now that is starting to affect others. Uh, just the decline of Shane's mentality. Um, kind of going into this uh, more survival mode, I guess would be the way. Ruthless yeah. mode? I don't know. Yeah. Losing his humanity slowly and surely, right? Yeah. I think what's important about this episode is this is the first time we actually get to see Shane like understand the world he's in now and actually do what's necessary in the world he lives now. Yeah, and that's uh, kind of what this whole episode is about, is everybody's doing that, is like coming to the realization, this is it, it's not going back. Because even though uh, Rick and Darrow and Glenn didn't shoot uh, the like Mexican gangbangers that they had in the Vatos episode, uh, and they helped everybody there, they still debated doing it knowing that that's what it would take in this world now. And the whole time that all this is happening, Shane's still in the camp. And yeah, he beat up Carol's husband. That was the like extent of all of his things he had done up to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this episode in everything that happened at the high school with Otis is the first time that he is faced with that dilemma of choice in the zombie apocalypse. And unlike rick he chooses to do it easily and freely yeah self-preservation yeah he sees that they maybe could escape together but he knows a hundred percent he sacrifices otis he escapes and he saves carl at the same time getting in the good graces of lori yep um i also think like as a viewer from our viewer's perspective uh, it's really cool because um, to this point in The Walking Dead, we this is the most evil character, right? Yeah, like this is the most morally or wrong character. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's interesting that like how you describe it, like this is how the the world is and all this stuff, right? Because you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But at the time when it when it released way back in 2011. Him doing this was like, oh my god! Oh yeah, I remember right? like thinking, like, wow, he uh, he, he really just shot Otis, <laughs> like, yeah, he really just sacrificed this dude, like that's crazy. Because like at this point, we have seen nothing but, or at least assumed nothing but good for the most part. Everyone who's been bad has gotten their come up. It's literally like the same episode, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, and so. Like, from a viewer's point of view that hasn't ever seen any of the or heard any of the stuff in the future is like, yo, that's crazy. And honestly, that's great writing, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Well, and then you're thinking if if uh, if if he hadn't come along, if Rick hadn't come along, and Shane was still kind of the leader for that group, where what decisions would they have made? Where would they be? Uh, I believe Shane would be like, uh, see. Spoiler, I think Shane would be like the governor or even mm-hmm. like borderline Negan. Yeah. I, I think he would be closer to Negan than governor. Um, yeah. I only say governor because I feel like uh, event, like I feel like since he started off like that so early, mm-hmm. I feel like the governor did too, right? And then he yeah. was like, no, I can make a community and like as like a community instead of a community of fear like Negan. Yeah. And I think like wants. At that time, no one really feared him. It was like all mostly respect. Like, oh, he'll beat the shit out of us. But you yeah, know. um, and I think like that could lead him to go towards the governor's route, right? But yeah, you're you're right. It's probably leaning more towards Negan, just with like ha, the same thing happened with Negan, right? Yeah. So, so if you were in that situation at the school, would you have sacrificed Otis to save yourself? Uh, or would you or would you had well okay at that point when they it was still i mean they were still working their way the bus was right there knowing right behind the bus was your vehicle to get away would you have done it that soon i think at the end of the day yes like you debate like i said it's the same as with rick earlier on you have that internal debate He's you, you think about it on your way there. What will I do if the point comes? And he's had that debate probably the whole time he's in there. And now it's till that point that he knew it was going to reach. He's like, you hope it doesn't reach that. But in the back of your head, you not you know, it's at some point, one of you are going to either get caught or have to sacrifice or something's going to go wrong. And at that point, yeah, it's. Do I sacrifice Otis knowing that I am still like I move faster than him? I'm more like my chance of survival are higher than his long term. I have more people to worry about. Like, yeah, you, I do it, especially with what their mission was too. Like, you know, getting medicine back to Carl to save his life. Shane still cares about Carl. If you're in that situation, you clearly care about the kid as well. Yeah, uh, and like the kid that you've known for ever since he was born versus some dude that shot said kid on accident. Yeah. And I also think that plays a huge role into it as well. Uh, why he did it without any remorse. It's like they're in this situation because of him. Like I get that he was trained in on the uh, deer, but I don't believe for a second he didn't see anybody else. Like, I yeah. get the scope is very, like, I don't know what he was using, like, probably, like, a five times, and, like, it very pinpoint what you're looking at, but he, he, there's no way he didn't, like, accidentally go up and see other people there. Like, yeah. I just, I don't believe that happened. Uh, so, yeah, it's his fault that they're in the situation, and, yeah, you do what you have to do to survive, and... He's gonna do whatever it takes to make sure Lori and Carl survive. Mm. So, so then when they were back in the house, when Shane, you know, when Shane was in there after they had um, saved Carl and all, you know, or were taking him into surgery or whatever, um, 
do you think it was kind of a dig at him when Lori or Maggie brought him Otis's clothes to change into? Because remember, she had a stepbrother that was there. And the stepbrother in the picture that Maggie showed was about Shane's size. But she brought him Otis's clothes. This this is again a l- like we're, mm-hmm. I'm looking ahead, and if if you haven't watched the series yeah. or, or anything like that, spoiler warning. She I would say she didn't bring her stepbrother's clothes to him because she still thought her stepbrother was alive. Yeah, Shane said Otis died and that he ended Otis' suffering. They still believe. The people on the barn are alive. Yeah. And so she wouldn't give her stepbrother's clothes to him. But Otis doesn't need his clothes anymore. Okay. I was just wondering if there was a different meeting. If no, you guys I, saw I, anything. Like, at least as a writer or and a director, that's why I would choose Otis's clothes. Like, because there's no reason for them to believe, not believe what Shane is saying. Yeah. Like, Otis is a good guy. It makes sense that he, like, if he got hurt that he would sit there and try to fight off the zombie so Shane could get away and save this kid since he volunteered instantly to go and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think they have any ill intent. Uh, at least right away. They probably are a little weirded out by him, like, shaving his head. And that might give them a little like hesitation. Yeah. But again, that can also you can also say he never had the opportunity to shave his head. Getting in the, yeah the shower. Mm-hmm. So then the other big thing was everything with them looking for Sophie and talking about if you know if you thought she was alive and where she might be. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you got everybody given their opinions. Yeah. And Daryl, you know, of course, was always, she's there, she may, you know, and talking about his childhood. Mm-hmm. So that was like, that was another big part of this. I think it mainly was just on, the whole episode was revolved around Shane's change. And then Sophia, the search for her. And then you got Glenn falling more for Maggie. I think the whole episode is about character development and like how quickly things change. Because like I said, Shane, you get to see a new side to Shane. Uh, You get to see a new side to Daryl. You get to see how the impacts of the finale are now impacting Andrea. You're seeing the changes in Daryl when he is like being shunned by Andrea, uh, and then the changing in Glenn now that he's on like the farm and everything that he's doing there. Yeah. Agree, agree. Yeah, it's a good character development episode. Mm-hmm. I still hate Andrea though. <laughs> and 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 the old dude. So here's the question I get: like, you look at the zombie apocalypse and everything mm-hmm. that's going on, mm-hmm. and 
medicine, at least in your perspective at this very moment in time, is scarce or at least difficult to get. Yeah. Carl is needs all these things to live, and even then is still you're doing it in an unsanitary location. This dude's a vet, he's not a doctor. As a person in this situation, if you're Rick or you're Lori, do you do the surgery or do you try to make him as comfortable as possible and let him pass? Bro, Lori was ready to let him die. She was like, just shoot him. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and Rick obviously couldn't let it go. Um, I don't think like trying hurts. Like it sucks because like, I guess he might suffer a bit because of pain and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they didn't get the necessary stuff, that would have sucked. But also, if the surgery is a success, I think the pain might be worth it for Carl at least. Mm-hmm. Um, because just humans have an innate desire to live. Yeah. Well, part, and then so. you want to make sure as a parent, you always want to make sure that you did everything you possibly could, even if you know the outcome isn't going to be good. No, At no, least. Lori was ready to grab that blicky. Okay, but that's, but I'm just, I'm on what Rick's side was. Lori was kind of like, what kind of world is this to raise a child? And Rick was just looking at it as, that's my son. It doesn't matter what the world is, I that's my son. And Lori was looking at, well, what kind of world are we going to raise him in? And Rick was like looking at her like, it doesn't matter what kind of world it is. It's still my son. It's still our son, our child. That's why he kept giving all that blood because I'll do whatever. If I have to give every blood, every drop of blood in me, at least I know I did everything in my power to try to save him. Well, um, here goes the other caveat uh, to think about. At the end of season one, in the season uh, finale, Rick finds out the truth about the virus. Do you think that plays into why he was so trying so hard to save Carl, so no one found out the truth? Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was that complicated. I, I think Miles right. I think it was just like this is my son, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the furthest thing from his mind when it comes to Carl. Kinda. Um. However, I do like he wanted to do the surgery in case it worked. Like just with that thought. If he was trying to hide it, he would have went with the 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 gun and just and just and just ended it because um knowing what the virus is, if he was trying to hide it, if Carl died on the operating table, he would turn into a zombie while they were like, Oh man, he bled out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like hiding it clearly wasn't a thing on his mind at the time. And if he was like at any point was like, oh, Carl passed away during surgery and then he just popped a bullet in his head or stabbed him in the head or something, people would be like, hey, yo, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I don't think uh, hiding was on his mind at all. Okay, I was just curious. If it was, he dumb for that. 
Because <laughs> he put himself <laughs> in a worse situation. Because I don't think anyone would also blink an eye if he said, like, like I just didn't want him to suffer. Yeah. You know, it's like, we, we ended it here because I didn't want him to suffer if he was, like, truly worried about hiding it. Well, I agree. Anything else from this episode you guys want to talk about? Um, no. Nope. Okay. Um, I'll leave before we say our goodbyes. Uh, as we were saying about this episode for Shane, how it was a turning point. Even Robert Kirkman in 2011 said that uh, him killing Otis was the turning point to making him a false protagonist uh, in an interview. Uh, he just said that John Brethenau is a tremendous talent. And before the season, they had sat down with him and told him everything that was coming. And they planned out a lot of little things to add to his character throughout this entire season. You say he was a false protagonist? Yes. Okay, so I feel like in the first season, he was false protagonist. You know what I'm saying? Robert, like, I, yeah, I feel like, like I understand that's how a lot of people saw it, but Robert Kirkman himself said this is the... No, no, point. I understand. I, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to say it seemed like the first season would be more false protagonist, mm-hmm. or where second season they made him more of like the antagonist of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we'll discuss later. It's just like, that's what I was trying to put out. It's like, I don't... False protagonist is a weird... Well, at this point, like, there's no protagonist uh there's no uh he's he hasn't done anything to be an antagonist other than like that m- one moment where he like held the gun up at rick i know that's why i said he's false protagonist until that moment like episode one would make him an antagonist or episode two sorry this episode would make him an antagonist this episode three jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would make him the antagonist of the season like the start of it Anyways, that is the end of the episode. If you guys enjoy this, you know to find us on any of these social media sites, Hypothetically Sound. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sound. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full unedited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypotheticallysound.